Are we recording? <laughs> what song even was that? Uh, I've been on TikTok. To, uh, like, <laughs> no! I know! I don't Because <laughs> Lewis Capaldi's got it, and then now I'm like, I'm now just scrolling. Are we just going to leave this at the start of it? Yeah. <laughs> Us just like... Why have you got TikTok? <laughs> I guess we should introduce who's talking then. This is Holly that you're listening to now. <laughs> okay, hi, this is Amy speaking. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening, even though no one's listening. A few people might. My mum's listening. Oh, hi. Yeah, this has been a long time coming, let's be honest. I mean, I feel like we both have been just loved, like... Um, I don't want to say loved murderers because I'm not that girl, but... Um, <laughs> You know what but I mean. Loved murderers. Fascinated yeah. by the crimes they commit. Yeah. Throwback to 2012. Yeah. Watching Forensic File episodes. And then talking about it in maths, and our maths teacher getting really <laughs> mad at us. Oh my god, Miss Lyles. Shout out to Hello Ms. if Lyle. you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, so we just kind of like want to talk about it. It's something that we enjoy talking about. I think and no one enjoys talking enjoy about it. it around us. Yeah, so we're just going to do that for everyone else to listen to us talk about it for an hour. And we want to do a lot of UK crimes, a lot of ones that people don't know about, because obviously everyone does Bundy, everyone does like, yeah, the like big the 60s, one. 70s serial killers in America. But hello, mm. represent UK, we have them too. Kind <laughs> We've of. got some fucked up ones. Yeah, yeah, makes me sad, but also... But we do. Yeah. But no one ever does them, especially the older ones, like back in the 18th, 18th century? 19th century, do you call it? Who are you talking about, though? Like, like Jack the Ripper and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We've got some big unsolved ones as well. Yeah, so I think we're not just going to do murders. I know I know the whole title of the podcast is Murder Dignity. Oh, yeah, we haven't even said what we're, who we are, what the podcast is. <laughs> Hello. Oh, yeah. We we're should explain the title. Murder Dignity. Yeah. Basically, we were became obsessed with this idea. It was like that meme you sent that was like, millennials have one conversation and they're like, we should start a podcast. But that was literally yeah. us. It was. I think it was like two in the morning. Yeah. And we were just talking about what were we talking? Oh, we were talking about um, my favorite murder. Pod, other podcasts and stuff. Yeah. And like I was talking to you about my favorite murder and like cold and they're the kind of ones that we've been yes. listening to recently. And we were like, why don't we do it? Because they all talk about these American cases. We need to represent this little island. So then we came up with a really good idea to call it. Well, you did. I don't know why I'm trying to claim this from you, but you were like, let's call this... You came up with that, I think. No, you came up with Wine and, wine and Crime, and then we realised that was yeah, already, they're a already a podcast. They're so... really good podcast as well. I listen to them. <laughs> yeah. As in, I listen to them afterwards. Like, I didn't know about Steal it before. The title. <laughs> yeah, so then I was browsing. We were browsing for, like, five hours. Like, I think I stayed up till, like, 4am that night just planning this whole thing because I'm a planner. Not as much as you're a planner, but I'm a planner. And then I found this, I was looking at murder slang or something. I don't know how I got to this website, but that's where we were. And I looked at this word and it was murdignity. And it was like, you lose your murdignity once you commit your first murder. So here we are. There we go. Except we're not going to commit no, one. We're no. just going to talk about them. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it counts. Yeah. Just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I guess that's it. Yeah, we're, we're a bit... I, I don't really know how to explain what we're going to do. We're basically just going to talk about whatever we want for an hour, so hopefully people are down for that. But So buckle up, <laughs> listen in. These are ones you've not heard before, hopefully. Yes, if you have, no then just have listen mine. to us talk about them anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no one's going to have heard yours. I don't even know about yours. Mine's so obscure, but... What, also, also thank oh, you okay. to everyone who's already followed our accounts and stuff. Like, it's so cute. Like, yeah. I'm looking at it and there's people from, like, Melbourne, like, Miami. And everyone's been so like, cute and nice. Like, oh my god, can't wait for the first episode. And it just makes me so more excited. Yeah, same, definitely. Buzzing. It's like we're not just going in into, like, an empty room and being like, hi. <laughs> and just Can someone listen to no us, one. please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like people are like, oh yeah, I can't wait for the episode. People are going to... Hopefully, at least listen to this one. If they don't like it, they don't like it. But yeah, this one at gets least like I'll... ten listens, and like that's it. Mm. But yeah, so yeah, that's it. I guess. <laughs> okay, should we start? Are you starting? You can start. You've really planned this. You've written like a full-on okay. script. I haven't seen it, but I'm excited to hear it. Whereas Hopefully, it won't sound like points. a script though. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's not a script. Script. You've just got a lot of information. You just I've want just me to got... go first, so you can research your murder <laughs> <laughs> whilst we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so I'm doing the murder of Tia Sharp, Very which is like, it was a big one. And I've used, um, a, watched a documentary on it on in Britain's Darkest Taboos. There's ITV interviews and stuff. I love Britain's and... Darkest Taboos. Yeah. There's so many good documentaries on there, but it's taken off Netflix now. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. I watched yeah. it instead of doing my uh, GCSEs. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. Um... And they've used Murderpedia as well, so those three are, like, my main sources. Oh, God, my only source is Cornwall Live. Oh, by the way, we're from Cornwall, in the UK, if anyone does Yeah, we're both from Cornwall. Yeah. But I live in Huddersfield now. Yeah, and I'm only in Cornwall visiting. I'm going back to Reading, so that's fun. Come find us. Please don't. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Why would you say that? (laughs) I don't know. Okay, don't find us, but okay, let's talk about my murder, right. Tia Sharp. So, Tia Sharp was born on the 30th of June 2000 in Croydon, which is near London, and she lived with her mum, Natalie, and her grandma, Christy, and they all lived, like, really close together, and they're, like, a really close family unit. Right. Um, and, like, her mum and everyone in this interview is saying that Tia and Natalie had, like, this amazing bond. They were, like, best friends. And by all accounts, Tia was this, like, happy, confident child. She was a good student. But she didn't go to school very often, so when she was young, child services did get involved. Oh, right. Um, How old was she? But, uh, I don't know. When she was at school, like, age. Oh, right, yeah. She just didn't go in very often. Um, so social services got involved, but they didn't find any evidence of, like, neglect or abuse towards Tia because there just wasn't any, like... They were just a dysfunctional family, but they all loved yeah. each other. Yeah, there's so, so many kids we know like that from like primary school <laughs> and stuff like. Exactly, and like it happens. Like if you miss school, you miss school. But like they all loved each other, and there wasn't like she wasn't. There was no even evidence of anything like that. Yeah. So um, in two thousand and two, Christine introduced Hazel into um, Tia's life. They met through her bartending job, um, and they were like friends for five years, and then they got into a relationship in two thousand and seven. Hazel had like a really bad background growing up. He had a difficult relationship with his parents because his mum was a sex worker and his dad was in prison. So he went into care really young. He had a low IQ and he like just didn't go to school at all. Um, so then they became a couple in 2007. Well, I say all of that because we've both been watching Mindhunter and all that kind of thing. Like yeah. they look into the background oh, of people. Yeah. Like he had a bad relationship with both parents. He didn't go to school. He didn't have a very high IQ. Like he was troubled from the start. So he was he used drugs and drank a lot. He used a lot of violence in two thousand and ten. So this is like after as well. He was yeah. co- convicted of carrying a machete and sentenced to twelve months in prison. Where do people like, get machetes? Like <laughs> I thought that. Like in, especially this in the UK. Like yeah, this isn't nineteen fifties kind of America. You can't get <laughs> 2019 America. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> You just can't get any, like, you can't get that kind of thing here. But he went to prison for 12 months. He had 30 previous convictions, and he'd been to prison three times, including, like, drug abuse, violence, and racially motivated crimes as well. Oh, my God. So he just wasn't a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. He was a bit of a piece of work, but Christine still got with him, saying that, like... How old is her grandmother at this point? She's, like, getting with this guy who's... I'm not sure. I think they were all quite young. She looked quite young. Oh, uh, right, okay. So I think she was, like, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. But I'm not 100% sure yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. But they got together in 2007, mm-hmm. pretty much straight away. And, like, Tia called him Grandad. Oh. Yeah, like, they were really close. And, like, Christine was, out in this documentary, she's saying, like, his past is past, like, I never saw the violence, yeah. like, I never got anything like that. He and was, it's nice He gave me well. the world. Yeah, it's nice when, like... When that does happen, so you bring someone into your family and they do like call them granddad and stuff, like when it becomes like that, do you know what I mean? Maybe not and straight also, away. Like, like, obviously, I'm saying, oh, he's like a piece of shit because I know what he's about to do and I know yeah, what I'm about yeah. to talk about. Yeah. But like, that happens. People do all this shit in their lives and then they like find someone and they're like, oh, I want to change for this person. So, yeah. she's not being delusional, but it's easy to say it now, now we know what he did. Yeah. So, Anyway, so he becomes a trusted and, like, really integrated in the whole family unit. And he's trusted completely by Christine and Natalie and Tia. Tia had three younger brothers and they all called him Grandad. Um, And he, like, absolutely, by all accounts, he absolutely doted on all the children. He, like, gave them whatever they wanted. 
and Tia would like regularly stay at Christine and Hazel's house like by her by herself even when Christine wasn't there like there was no issues about it he was her granddad like there was no issues yeah so then like it starts to turn when Tia gets older and when she gets to like 10 11 young adult young woman yeah like yeah. growing teenager yeah, and like as she became over, like Hazel becomes slowly more infatuated with her and becomes like, this is when you start seeing, so you see all the evidence afterwards, yeah. and he's like videoing her, oh, and no. like, <gasps> while she's asleep and stuff, and like, what? he videos her while she's moisturising her legs in the front room, and there's like a, there was a um, police officer on this documentary who talked about this video where he went into Tia's room while she was asleep, and like videoed her while she was sleeping and his shadows oh, like on the wall God. behind her and he like featured the shadow like as the, the shadow was like almost like on top of her in the bed and stuff like it was oh my God, and he, so you could weird. tell in his eyes like he's like this is really like videos and stuff like that is so creepy you know in the cold podcast i'm currently on the bit where well you know they play them josh's voice the whole time I hate it. I don't like listening yeah. to it. And no, it's the it's the audio from the videos that his dad took of Susan. Susan. Oh my god, freaky, freaky. And he records yeah. that conversation. No, people who video people that don't like them back. I'm like, and I don't know child, that they're being videoed as well. Saying. Yeah, but ugh. Yeah, and she's like 11 years old. Freaks me out. Yeah. So, and while well, I'm thinking about, like, this is... So, this is in 2012. She's, like, 11 in 2012, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, how old were we in 2012? We were, like, 13 and 14. What did we look like? We I don't know. look... At that age, you don't look like a woman. <clears throat> there's no even... Like, there's no way you even look anything yeah. like a woman. I was fully so, a So, the whole thing is, like... Exactly, like, I don't... I don't understand... I don't... I mean, you could understand them Gross. anyway, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. it's... Yeah. So, then... And, like, this is, while this is going on, Tia's celebrating her birthday. And, sorry, she turns 12 in June of 2012. So she's yeah. 11 while that's all going on, and then she has a birthday. Yeah. And, like, she went uh, for, like, a meal or something, and she Natalie and Christine went, and then she had the choice to bring a friend with her, and she chose Hazel. So she oh. chose to bring him in place of a friend. She fully trusted him, like, what does he look like? I don't know. Oh, my God, he looks like... I'll have to show you a picture in a minute when I get, I'll show yeah. you the picture in, in the interview but like he literally looks like like really like skinny like ratty like yeah like literally it's gross so then he looks like he's portrayed <laughs> yeah honestly <laughs> like what's it's like the twits what's on the inside shows on the outside <laughs> it's gross so then um August 2012 like that's when that's when it starts like all the bad shit starts happening so Right. Tia was like, I had a text Hazel and Christine's phone because they shared a phone, asking to stay at the house uh, for a couple of days, like over the weekend. And Hazel had texted Natalie and said, Yeah, it's fine. Tia can stay, like as long as it's all right with you. Christine won't be there, but like she's still more than welcome to stay. But like it's completely up to her. So then Natalie had like told Tia, and Tia like apparently was like, Great, cool, I'm off. Like got all the stuff and went to stay at uh, Hazel and Christine's house. So, and, like, the mum, like, Natalie in this documentary is, like, crying, saying that, like, if she hadn't read that text out, she wouldn't have gone. But there's no way you could have tell this is going to happen. Yeah, like, he was, like, a grandfather <coughs> to them, tr fully trusted, like... Yeah, like... absolutely. Like, it's And I was just, like, I, like, you know when you just watch something, your heart's just breaking? Because yeah. I was, like, you, you couldn't have told. You couldn't have told always feel guilty for that as well. Like, yeah, and there's nothing that you can say or do that would take that away from her, but still, like, it's yeah. one of those situations where, like, you... It's not like one of them what happens happens, but, like, what's happened has happened, and, like, you yeah. wouldn't have... You didn't feel any any kind of vibe around him, so yeah. why would you stop you her from know. going? Yeah, that was, like, a yeah. completely safe thing. Yeah. Well, so then she, like, packs her bags and goes, and then, like, there's CCTV, and it's, like, the last the last image known images of Tia and she's in the shop with Hazel like shopping for dinner and like she's like dancing up the aisles with him and like they're just like she's just out of her granddad yeah. she's just a girl out of her granddad Christine had rang up as well and been like oh what's going on and like Hazel was like oh I'm playing on the like Xbox and then Tia was like in the background like oh no like I'm playing on the Xbox not him ha huh? like yeah. and it was like all laughing and joking and stuff so then the next day, Christine comes home and Hazel tells her that Tia's gone into Croydon to buy some flip-flops. 
Right. Like, just gone out with friends. <laughs> I was like, why flip-flops? But yeah. I couldn't find any other variation of it. Like, he just said she's, she wanted a flip-flop. Fair enough. Yeah. So then when Tia didn't come home that night, they rang Natalie to see if she'd gone back to Natalie's. Mm. And she hadn't. So they were, like, texting her, messaging her, Facebook messaging her, trying to oh. ring her, like, see, because your phone just dies sometimes, or the bus yeah, is yeah. late, or the train's late, or whatever, so... We'd all, we've all thought someone's died when they haven't replied to our message for, like, two hours, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I do it all the time. Yeah. Like, my mind immediately goes to, like, worst-case situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because that's literally, like, my anxiety in, like, a nutshell. Like, my constant fear... I was talking about in the car the other day, like, my friends, and we were talking about, like, what is like your constant anxiety they've got going on and mine's literally like anything could happen anything could happen I know. someone could I've... walk past you in the street and just like stab you in the neck and like that's it oh i was thinking about you this know what i mean work and my stomach literally dropped i was like oh my god i want to live my life and like something could someone could just like take that away from me and that scares me so much exactly like... and like you don't know what's going to happen so anything could happen that's why i never go to sleep in an argument and i never yeah. ever say like get anyone to leave the house without saying like bye like i love you yeah. have a good day or whatever because yeah. It'll die inside if I yeah. knew that the last thing I'd said to someone was something awful. Yeah. So then, so they went driving around looking for her as well and they couldn't find her, so they went straight to the police station. Um, and Natalie, Hazel and Christine all went together. What date is this? When is this? What year? Uh, it, just, it just says, like, mid-August. Oh, 2012? So, 13? yeah. 2012. Oh, my God, that was all the Olympics were on and stuff that year as well, wasn't it? Exactly, but I still remember it being on. So, like, the police... So Hazel told the police that he last saw her before she left for Croydon. And then a phone call came in from Hazel's neighbour as well saying that they saw Tia leave the house. So obviously the police kind of like, oh, okay, like you've got an eyewitness, like a yeah. third party. Like they left, they saw her leave the house. So, and there were, but either way, like Christine and Hazel's house was searched. Yeah. By inexperienced officers. Oh, as it always, always fucking is. is. This just yeah. reminds but me. But also, like, like you said, like the Olympics was on. This is near London. The Olympics is on. The police are at the Olympics. They had an eyewitness saying she left. Like they weren't suspects. Like at this moment. Not yet, anyway. Well, yeah. Yeah. They weren't searching it with the thought that he'd done anything. They were just searching it because she was there last. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So then her disappearance became like national news, and this is the bit that I remember seeing. Like this is the bit that like. We didn't even say the theme for this. So basically, the, these murders that we're doing are the ones that like got us into like yeah. the ones we remember that get us into true crime and stuff. Yeah. Like obviously, there's bigger cases that's like they stick with you more. But I remember this one being like the first time I was like, oh shit, things happen. Yeah. Because, um, I remember seeing like Natalie, Christine, and Hazel all in like the t-shirts like. Um, help us find where's Tia where, like find oh. Tia like with all the numbers and stuff on and, this and like they were walking after. around like they would yeah and they would like actively go and search for her and they'd all go together and obviously this is like Maddie McCann was in like 2007 yeah, yeah. that's what I was gonna say so yeah so I know it's only like it's still five years later but Maddie McCann was in the news like pretty much every single day yeah, wasn't mad, she mad mad it was when like 24 hour news was like what else did they have to report on apart from this missing girl like Exactly. Yeah. This missing girl with like no leads, and then it's happened here as well. So like, what's happening? And I remember my yeah. sister was like eleven or twelve at the time as well. So, and like kids were going missing, and like as far as like I was aware up until this point, like that didn't happen yeah. anymore. People don't just disappear anymore. Like it's insane. I think it's absolutely yeah. insane when people just disappear and you don't know what happens to them because it's impossible. I know. With CCTV and like with Friends. money and all, how everything's tracked. Yeah. yeah. People can't just disappear it's so anymore. So difficult. So, again, like offenders obviously inject themselves into investigations. So Hazel's <gasps> always like, "What's going on? Oh. Why aren't you finding her?" Like all of this. The house was searched again with dogs, right. and it still and her body still wasn't found. What? Wait, I didn't even yeah. know where her body was, but now. Yeah, what? well, in the house. Spoiler. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. No. So with dogs. the house is searched again with dogs. Yeah, and nothing's found. So then Hazel goes, I'm a suspect. How can I be a suspect? I loved that little girl. Which obviously... <gasps> Creepy. Yeah, you did. Like, like... if someone was to su suspect <sighs> me of, like, hurting my brothers or something, I'd be exactly the same. I'd be like, how yeah. dare you? But I'd also be like, it's the police doing their job. Like, like let them eliminate me. They'll look into me. They'll eliminate me. And then they move on to someone else. the people that did off. it that get so mad when they're investigated. Yeah, like, you're wasting time, you're wasting time, and it's like, mm. hmm. So we kicked off and then decided to waste some time. Of course. And rang ITV for an interview. <gasps> oh, no. 
and here this is the interview I've watched like I've watched the whole thing it's on YouTube and he was on it saying like I feel like I'm a suspect um and he was like I love that little girl and like he's and a quote right this is a quote I wrote oh. down because I was like oh my god my skin's crawling he goes I know deep down in my heart that Tia left my house what and yeah she did leave your house but Oh in what sense God, are you talking no. about? Yeah, so it literally made my skin crawl. Like, how dare you sit there in front of yeah. everybody? And in Christine's house as well, it wasn't his and Christine's house, it was Christine's house that he moved into. Yeah, and he didn't say that like, him, like three years before. Oh. No, he knew he's known the family since 2002. Oh, so since but she was two. But like, it was together. 2007 they That's officially got together. Worse, when you see yeah, him as a proper baby. 10 years. Yeah, 10 years of her oh. life. So, and like then you see in midway through this interview, like it showed the whole thing. Obviously, that it was the whole thing wasn't on the news, but it showed the whole thing. And Christine had been upset outside by all the news outside because there was there was paparazzi outside outside all the time, like twenty four seven. And she like walked into the house and she'd like stormed in, and he like had pulled the mic off and like ran out of the room to make sure she was okay, like making a big show of it. And like he did it all the time, so I'm not saying that he wasn't. People... He didn't come for her behind closed door. Yeah. But people like that. He liked... made a big show. He of wanted it. to manipulate everyone though, didn't he? By making them think like yeah. they, he thinks he's smarter than everyone else. He's there like making this scene, like running over to comfort. Oh. Yeah. Uh. I just feel gross, like, listening to this. I'm just, like, hunched over, like... It's ugh. literally... It's just one of those cases where it just sticks with you because this was all over the news. Yeah. So then, <sighs> during all of this, what Hazel had done with Tia's body is he'd wrapped her in a blanket and bin bags and put her in the loft upstairs. <sighs> and she was, like... The police officer on this documentary described it as, like, cocooned. No. In bin bags, yeah. So, like, and he'd, like, tucked her, like, right where the loft meets the floor. So it was, like, a, a dark area. So yeah. I guess, I know that officer's job is to search the house, and but inexperienced officers maybe wouldn't, wouldn't have seen look. it because it was in the dark, yeah. So then Hazel knows this, and it's August, and it's oh hot. God. No. So he knows he's going to have to move the body at some Especially point. Especially in get London. Found. Like, yeah. it's so much hotter there, like, 10 degrees hotter than, the, like, yeah. especially down in Cornwall, like, ugh. So he obviously knows that, like, when a body decomposes, like, what happens starts to smell a bit, so, hang on. Is this interview in his house, then, with ITV? Okay, cool. I'm just making sure that Croydon was actually in London and I wasn't yeah, it is. A couple chatting of my, out my ass. A few of my friends live in Croydon. Okay, cool. Just making sure that, like, I wasn't, like... Because could you imagine, like, yeah, in, afterwards, like, like uh, it's not near London. London? <laughs> like... Was the interview in his house, sorry? In Christine's house. In, yeah, in, in the house. house that she was in. So, and she was, yeah. oh my god, she was wrapped up in the loft whilst the ITV yeah. people were interviewing. Oh. Yeah, so then, um, 10th August, seven days after she went missing, Hazel got up at, like, four in the morning put a coat on and snuck out of the house right. just left okay so then it cuts to christine and she said she noticed this smell and she could not find what it was she looked <sighs> everywhere around the house she could not find what it you was must start and to she had think a meeting with, with the police well she had a meeting with the police that day they turned up at the door she opened the door and they were like you need to get out of this house like oh they could smell it like they could smell as she opened the door they could smell what it was how how long after was this seven days oh no yeah so um the police then searched the house again and this time they found her body in the loft and it had decomposed so much that they had to use dental records to find no. out who that it was horrible. yeah her poor like grandmother and obviously like everyone else but being in that yeah. house with him for a week after and like, like... No, lying next to him in bed oh. and like asking him to comfort you mm. so hazel at this point hazel's the only suspect in the case he was caught buying vodka at the corner shop on cctv the police caught were called and he was arrested like on the spot but christine was also arrested oh which i guess is yeah understandable yeah definitely it's awful but it's understandable. Yeah. You don't, like, they don't know what she knows. It's in her house, like. Exactly. Exactly. 
So she was released on bail, but she wasn't allowed near Natalie or the or Tia's three younger brothers. Aye. Which must have just been awful as well, that knowing that your daughter. Woman, yeah. yeah, knowing that your daughter's going through that, and Natalie had to watch on TV Tia's body being removed Ugh. from the house, and like she wasn't allowed to see the body at all either. Ugh. So he is saying like. The interviewer goes, so what can you tell us about the disappearance and murder of Tia Sharp? And he goes, um, I'd like to talk to my solicitor, please. And that's all he said. And he sat there with his arms crossed at the table and that's all he said. Yeah. And, like, it's one of them where you watch it and you're like, you piece of shit. Or I just would want, like, at least admit to it. Like, yeah, you're being caught, like. So, then, after talking to his solicitor, he tells police what happened was... Uh, Tia had fallen down the stairs and she seemed all right and he'd like been drinking and so he just passed out and then he when he woke up she was still on the floor and she was dead so she'd fallen down the stairs and passed out but she was all right so he went back to the sofa and lay back down (laughs) and passed out it's not funny but it's like what who came up with this hilariously like what the fuck? This is after talking to a solicitor. A solicitor sat there and was like, yeah, that's a good plan. Like, <laughs> Good one, mate. Tell like, yeah, that. say that. Say that. <laughs> like, this oh guy, I don't know who his solicitor was, but... Not a solicitor Come anymore. on. <laughs> yeah, so... What, is that what happened, or...? Well, so then, she, when he woke up, she was dead. Mm-hmm. And he felt so guilty and he couldn't tell Christine that she'd taken away her only granddaughter by not watching after her, not looking after her. They hid the body in the loft. I just wrote bullshit underneath that. <laughs> of course. <But laughs> can they even tell how she died, though? Because she's, like, completely decomposed by this point. That's the thing. They can't. Oh, my God. So, also, like, a separately to this, like, next to her body and separate bin bags, all of her clothes. So she was and naked. her broken glasses. Yeah, and her broken glasses. Oh, no. So, no. the police... Obviously, Christine's not allowed to go home. The police are searching the house again. That's when they find all the memory cards. Oh, no. And, like, all the memory cards I've told you about. And, like, there's photos on there of Tia. And the, the um, pathologist believes that it's after she was dead. Horrible. Oh, my God. So, like, that's when they found all the videos of her asleep and stuff as well. And they were, like, hidden in the house. Like, they were out of the camera, like, hidden around the house. Imagine being the one to plug that in and look at it. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the chills that would go over your body? And, like, people have got to live with that in their heads every single day. So then the police believe that Hazel thought Tia was in love with him. And he was in love with her. And he acted on this. And then when she retaliated, he... When she rejected him, he retaliated. And that's when he killed her. And he didn't... Because she'd said, because her and Natalie had such a good relationship, she'd said, I'm going to tell my mum that you've done this. And he was, he just could, that couldn't be an option. No. So, obviously he's arrested and charged and stuff. And then in 2013, it went to trial in the Old Bailey in London, which is like, when it comes to like criminal courts, usually it's just the Crown Court that hears it, but the Old Bailey in London is the one that hears like the worst of the worst. Yeah, like, criminal criminals could just go to, like, crown courts. That's just yeah. how it works. They just go to regular crown courts. But the Old Bailey in London is, like... The main one. The most... And they're heard by, like, Lord Justices. They're not heard by, like, crown court judges. Right. And there's only nine... There's only nine um, uh, Lord Justices. Right, okay, yeah. okay. So it's, like, big time. So it's, like, things. they've been judges and then they get, like... Promoted. <laughs> yeah. Promote, I don't want to say promoted because it kind of degrades it a bit, but, yeah. yeah. While he's waiting for trial, Hazel writes a letter to his dad, who he's not spoken to for years, saying that he's it's not true, it didn't happen like that, it was an accident, he wasn't interested in a young girl, like that that's not how like what he's like and mm. all of this. He was like they After weren't four mine. days of Yeah, exactly. Like he was just like, No, it was an accident, it's not me. Yeah, like, like that wasn't me. Those S D cards weren't mine, I was just looking after them for my friend. Yes. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> 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 It's just so, like, backtracking and backtracking and backtracking. Like, there's literal evidence in front of you, and he's just like, no. He's like, nope. Yeah. So, after four days of evidence, and this is, they list, he sits through four days of, like, the forensic evidence, the photographs are shown in court with all her family there. Like, all of that is shown, all of that is, like, talked about. And then he changed his plea to guilty. Of course he did. Oh. So... I a lot there's like differing opinions on why he changed his plea. So 
if you change your plea to guilty halfway through a trial, like the trial stops. Yeah, That's just how it you works. Go, like you just go to jail. You go well. You go Prison. to sentencing. You have a sentencing hearing, but like yeah. the trial stops. You don't have to prove that you're guilty. You're admitting to it. Yeah. So some people say like, oh, he only pleaded not guilty to see the photos again. Oh my of god! Tia. I didn't even think yeah. about that. <gasps> and then other people say that he was, um, he felt too bad about. I don't know. If he no, felt he didn't bad. feel too bad. He like, no, no, not not like that. Like he didn't want to go. He was a. A coward basically didn't yeah. want to get on the stand. Right. Yeah. And so, also, if you go through, is it isn't it if you plead guilty to something, you're less, you're more likely to get a lesser sentence or something. It depends. Well, because it depends on the crime, I guess. Not in that. Not in his. Well, there's like mitigating and uh, there's like mitigating factors and like factors that add to it. So, if you admit to being guilty straight away, maybe because the person that's sentencing you might be. Yeah. Sorry. They might be like, um, oh, well, he pled guilty. Feel he feels bad about it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in this case, I highly doubt it because yeah. he sat there through all the evidence and then pled, pled guilty. Mm. Like, he didn't care. He doesn't care about what he's done. He doesn't feel bad about what he's done. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, that is the reason, though, if he just did want to see them again, that literally makes me feel sick. Like, yeah. Ugh. So it's highly unlikely that it would affect his sentence at yeah. all. By the way, guys, whoever's listening, I say guys, but whoever you <laughs> are, um, we're probably going to do an episode on like UK justice system kind of thing because it's quite different to America. And I know a lot of people don't like, I don't really know it, but you, you're like done law at uni, graduated, you know you probably use my degree for something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that would be fun so then yeah he just pleaded guilty he was sentenced to 38 years minimum which doesn't happen really that doesn't happen yeah it's usually like the 25 years minimum right yeah so he was sentenced to life 38 years minimum so that's like a lot and he's old he's like 50 right ish yeah yeah he's he'll be like in his 90s but with the life he's led he won't be he won't come out, he's never coming out of prison. Good, good, good. So, and he still refuses to tell the court, like, what actually happened. And, like, the family, he won't tell Christine, he won't tell Natalie, he won't tell any of them what happened. That's the worst part of it, isn't it, really? Like, never mm. knowing. Well, actually, a law's just passed, I can't remember what it is, I'll find out for the next episode. Yeah. So a law's just passed that basically says that, um, not that it matters in this case, because he's not going to get paroled, but... Criminals in the UK now can't get paroled unless they tell the family where the body is. Oh my god. Yeah. That's good, I love that. That's really good, isn't it? And it's like, it comes from a different case where the mum's been saying, like, how can my daughter's killer get paroled and he's not even told us where the body is and all of this. Mm. And it's come from her petition and yeah. the, it's just been passed. Oh my god, so I'll have to find the case because it's absolutely like amazing and that the work she's done is absolutely amazing. So I'll have to find it, but... There's like that, that law's just passed, and it's like really cool. Yeah, that is cool. It's like one of the most progressive things that we've done, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's girl, that's though. the murder of Tia Sharp. He refuses to tell anyone what happened, and this 11 year old girl was killed for no reason. <sighs> Not that anyone's ever killed for a reason. Yeah, but... right. Apart from their own like selfish reasons. But... Yeah. But yeah, Great. that's the murder of Tia Sharp. That's really sad. And I remember them, like, going around the streets and looking for him and being, like, that's so awful that that family is going through it. And just to have someone in the family as well. Like, that's what I mean. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It just reminds me of that when people get killed and stuff, it's always someone close. Like, apart from very rare cases, it's always usually someone close to them. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) So, yeah, I told you it was dark. Oh, mine's really weird. I feel like mine's okay. dark. Well, it's not darker. Not like I don't want to be here comparing which one's worse and stuff like that because mm. that's kind of gross. It's one of those things where you can't really compare. Like no, no, they're all they're fucked all up, fucking like. awful. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I do mine? Mine's um. I don't really know how to tell this story, but I feel like I'm gonna introduce it in a weird way. So, do you remember? Actually, I don't know if you were you were already at uni by this point, but I was still down here in college working for my mum's, well, with my mum at a 
property management like company i guess you call it okay and um so they like manage blocks of flats and apartments and stuff for people in cornwall because obviously around cornwall there's a lot of like holiday homes it's really nice and beautiful apartments that they rent out but they all pay like the company money and they like sort out the gardener and sort out the building work that needs to be done stuff like that so they like manage them for them basically so i worked i worked there doing office stuff so like just answering the phones and i don't know that was it this is where i wrote basic (laughs) shit because i don't know how to describe the job role like i was just doing basic filing answering the phone calling up plumbers like like, an office clerk type thing yeah calling up plumbers like hi can you go fix these drains well foreshadowing drains sorry i don't want to be oh okay (laughs) yeah so over the winter of it wasn't really winter i think it was like february march let me just check my dates okay yeah it was over the winter it was like the end of 2016 start of 2017 it's like Mm -hmm. january 2017 we start getting complaints and because i'm the one that answers the phone because everyone else has like more important stuff to do because obviously i'm just their like little bitch that does stuff for them in the office so (laughs) i'm answering these phone calls from this property called st elmo's down in marazine which is like a beautiful place if anyone's ever been to marazine it's like right down on the cornish coast it's near st michael's mount like the little island yeah st michael's mount is on like a buzzfeed article of like the most magical <laughs> places to visit in the uk and it's like this it like the tide goes out and you can walk, walk to this across. like yeah. mount with a castle on top basically and then the tide comes in you have to get a boat back like, it's it is... a beautiful place very yeah. very expensive really nice apartments but we keep getting calls i keep answering these calls and they're like <laughs> hi and it's little old doris who lives in apartment four and she's like hello amy the drains have been no real names are used in the story no that's not actually her real name (laughs) she's like hello i don't want to do an impression of doris's voice because i'm not very good at that stuff but she's basically like hi the drains smell really bad again like it's really it's getting worse it's getting worse and i get calls from all of the other people who are living there hi the drains are smelling really bad so we're getting plumbers out there no one can figure out what's going on like they're just kind of blocked for some reason and no one knows why mm-hmm. so we then a f- couple weeks later get a call from one of the other basically all the old people who live in these apartments have nothing else going on that's fun for them so they call us and let us know everything that happens so we get calls about mainly pointless stuff it's like they just call you to tell you anything it's quite nice really i do like talking to old people who are just like don't have anything else to do so we get a call from this woman i think it was doris in apartment three and she was like the police are here and i was like oh no what's this gonna be thinking it would just yeah. be kids mucking around or i don't know someone crashed into someone's car she was like yeah apparently there's been a murder a couple months later i have i'm at a different job and my mum links me this article in the middle of the day and it was um about this guy he's called dean Lowe. he's 33 years old and he's arrested for the murder of his girlfriend in the basement flat of St Elmo's, Marazion. So this is where, what the fuck. Yeah. So I'm just like freaking out. Well, not really, but I'm like shocked. So because you would be if that happened anywhere near you. But yeah. So him, Dean Lowe, who was 33 years old, um, lived with his girlfriend Kirby Noden, but people knew her as Kirsty. They were very introverted. She would go out and like get their food from the local shops for them no one really saw them they kept themselves i know that they were drug users and weren't really on that good terms with their family each other's families and stuff like that so they were very like didn't have many other friends she didn't have many other friends closed family yeah like just them just those two this couple in the basement apartment which is a very small dingy like a bed it was like kind of gross like they didn't look (laughs) after it basically they didn't look after it just never do that never isolate yourself to be with one person like they were very i get that it happens at like the start of relationships and like you spend a lot of time with one person but then like remember that you need people around you as well yeah like you can't just do that like that's like setting yourself up for a murder yeah isn't it oh 
I was thinking about this the other day, like, Gary could literally kill me whenever. People would know that you were missing, though, and I think that's the saddest part about this story. So they know she was murdered at some point in January 2017, January or December, but they don't know when because they didn't see anyone, no one, no one checked up on them, like, they had no <sighs> idea. They Only the shopkeeper was like, oh, yeah, um, on an interview. By, by the way, these articles are from Cornwall Live, which is our little... Oh, how would you even describe little... it? News. New York Times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it's mainly articles like Man's pig gets in way of tractor on A30. Like, no, this doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah ban- uh, bananas stolen from local shop. Yeah. Stuff like that. But they've got this quotes happen in here. Cornwall. They've got quotes in this article from like the local shopkeeper saying, I know I imagine a very Cornish accent, uh, um, <laughs> that he ain't seen her for weeks. And that was where <laughs> they normally bought all their food from, so... So he hadn't seen her for weeks, so she at least weeks she'd been missing. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah, that's why I always, always check up on your friends as well. Yeah, please, call your mum, you. call your friends, so they're okay. <laughs> no one was uh, call your mum's the title of this episode. Okay. <laughs> so, no one was there to mourn or say goodbye. Not only have they denied her and her family her life, but they've also taken them from the dignity of commemorating her death. So... Oh, so they don't even know what day it is? Yeah, they have no idea. They have no idea. It was just a... Oh, so he's not said anything since either? Well, okay. Now I'm going to tell the story of what happened, because I feel like I've just danced around it a bit. (laughs) Okay. So she was killed with a rock, blunt object of some sort, and a metal pole in their apartment sometime between December and January of 2016-2017. And they do not know motive at all. Like, there's a lot of speculation to do with, like, they were they use drugs, la la la. But I don't know. I think they were just, like, smoking weed. And I don't really think that kind of... This doesn't happen. He wasn't, like... From what I'm about to tell you, I don't think it was that much of an influence from drugs. Because, like, I know... I don't know. It, it, this isn't what happens to you. Like, there must have been something else wrong, like, with him. Oh, so it's... Okay. Okay. Tell me what happened to her and I'll... I'll... I'll do it from a third okay. party point of view okay. that doesn't know anything about it. So, he lived in this apart- blood-stained basement apartment with her dismembered body for four months before he admitted to the murder or anyone realised she was missing. He chopped her up and disposed of her in wheelie bins around the apartment complex and flushed her down the toilet that was small enough to get in there. What the fuck? Hence Wait, so how long did he live with the body, sorry? Four months in a blood. St- he didn't even clean in a blood-stained apartment. Four months before four anyone realised. Yeah. You don't live with a body if it's drugs. Like, you, the drugs no. wear off and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, my God, I like, can't believe I, I did this. I need to, like, I need to deal with this now. Like, you don't live with a body for four Cutting months her up if, slowly if it was an accident. And flushing her down the drains. This is why yeah. we were getting calls from people like Doris. No wonder she was concerned. It probably did smell really bad. We never, like, followed it up that much apart from sending a few plumbers. Like, it must have and been And they say horrendous. as well that, like, when you smell death, you know, like, you just know. That's like, I could I could so tell much. you. I was confused. But, like, like, people say, like, when you smell, like, the smell of death, like, that's, like, you just instinctively know that that's, like, a bad smell. Like, that means something yeah. bad. And, like, oh, my God. You don't yeah. just live with a lived with a body so we were like complaining we were like it was a little joke in the office oh they're probably calling about the drains again like oh can't be that bad kind of thing oh really you know when you're in an office job like that and you just like laugh about the people that ring you up yeah. every day for pointless stuff but yeah so he they don't even the reason why that they found out she was killed in the first place was because he then i don't know goes through some stuff and he facebook messages his dad and some of her family members on facebook and admits to it and initially they don't think that he's telling the truth oh no i know so they just hear from this person they've never heard they've not heard from in a long time but they also know does drugs and says oh like i've killed her like they'd be like okay whatever what are you like, mate? yeah like what you are now yeah, and obviously they have, no one's heard from her in four months. You just sort of think it was normal. You wouldn't even think by four months' time that it would have been that long ago that it happened. But yeah, lived in a bloodstained oh apartment. There's photos of the apartment on um, one of the Cornwall Live articles, and I'm looking Seriously? at Seriously? But there's, you can't see the blood in it. It's just like one bit of his bedroom, but it looks horrible, like the way he was living. So it was in the bedroom as well? Yeah. This Here's another quote. This is from a BBC... Um, news article 
Lo killed mm-hmm. Miss Snowden with a rock that was left smashed into five pieces. So he broke the rock that he killed her with. He then finished her off with a metal pole with three protruding screws. You don't do that to someone. That's not like... See, I guess like breaking the rock and stuff is like a drug craze thing, but you'd stop at the rock breaking. Okay, so he previously told a cousin she's dead and has been chopped up and put down the toilet and in the bins down the road. Either I'm getting set up or I've murdered Kirby. It's like he didn't even know he did it. And okay, oh, he like detached himself from it. Yeah, so he was tried in Cornwall, I think he was. Wait, let me see. Truro Crown Court, yeah, on the tenth of yeah. May. Okay. In twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. So That's it was a, a year time. later. Over a year That's later. That's a long time. And he was found guilty of the brutal murder, and he was sentenced to a minimum of twenty eight years in jail, life sentence. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, oh, good. At least the judges didn't fall for the whole, like, oh, I don't, I must have done it. Like, he, it he, must have been me. He's still claiming that she just ran away. And he he said, what did he say? He said something like, um, she sprayed, oh, yeah, here we go. He claimed his girlfriend had set him up by spraying her own blood all over the walls. Her own blood all over the walls. How, how, do you know how difficult that would be to do? And also, do you know how much blood there was? Like, he literally cut her up into... He killed her and cut her up small enough to flush That's a lot of blood. What, so she's just, like, flicking blood all over the... Oh, my God. Yeah. But the thing is, right, what annoys me as well is sloppy stories. Like, at least do a little bit of research. If you're going to lie about it, like, make sure you've got some research behind you. Like, like the fact said oh the fact you know what i mean either either she's either either i'm getting set up or i've murdered her like what why would she say you've murdered her then you murdered her then her blood's all over the walls mate like oh (laughs) that's so bad apparently she did everything for him all the household hold chores like all the shopping getting cash finding she actually found the flat for them to live in so after this all happened they like gutted it tried to sell it on as an apartment and these people were going to buy it and turn it into a holiday home until they found out what happened and they didn't so no one's bought it basically it can't it won't sell since so, so one of the other um flat owners has bought it and it's turning it into storage good yeah that's good yeah that's good that yeah. it's like turned into storage and like it's done now that place can be locked away so that's so it's fucking heartbreaking stories like that make me so sad like like girls that women that like give their life to a man and then he just turns around and just kills them same both ways actually like men that give that all to women and women that kill them like how can you be how can someone that like supposed to have loved you yeah one of her family said you just sat in your basement flat watching tv and taking on your account whatever drugs you could get hold of she did everything for him she was a warm caring person um would do anything for anybody he was the love of her life he looks scary though really face tattoo beard fully long black scraggly hair like if you had to describe someone who'd do that like i said earlier it would be him he looks like him yeah and she just looks really nice she kind of looks like a teacher i had like a really? woman yeah it's absolutely heartbreaking i know and it just absolutely puzzles me that you could live in an apartment for four months with, like, parts of her around still. Like, the smell. He lived in there with her body for, five, for four months, five months maybe. They don't know. Like, gradually and gradually flushing her down the toilet and putting her out in the bin so that no one would notice. And especially to do that and not get found so out. So they didn't have a body months. at the end either? No, no, no. The, her body's completely gone. That's also why, like, they couldn't have a funeral oh, or anything. Oh, that's fucking... So sad. Oh. That's an absolute bummer to end on. I know. I know. Happy first episode. But uh, I wanted to do it just because it's like... Obviously, it's I don't want to claim like it's, yeah, like a, an experience. But it's like... I mean, you were like in it. Like you were involved. Not involved I in mean, it, but like you were involved in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it was a, a first-hand account almost. Obviously not of like what actually happened, but... And it's the kind of thing that like these things stay with you. Like it doesn't matter. That's why we want to talk about it so much. Why we want to like... Yeah air it because these things and murders and things that you see on the news and stuff stay with you and like they affect how then you act later on like in future yeah. now if there's ever like a repeated drain problem or there, any repeated problem repeated smell 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, like that poor girl, like not girl, like woman, and that. Oh. She was young. Could you well. imagine finding out living in the flats as well? Like that would yeah. you'd move. You'd be oh. like, bye. I know. No wonder no one wanted to buy it. Like. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. I mean, it's interesting to know, but like, I wouldn't want to move yeah. into it. Do you know what the shop was called though? I think this just describes Cornwall so much. There's a photo of the shop and it's called Cobble Corner, newspapers, magazines, tobacco, convenience. Like, it's got a little Kelly's oh. of Cornwall sign on it. Oh, I love Cornwall. I know. It's so quiet and rural. Nothing like that ever happens. No, that's very rare that, that happens. It's probably one of the only, one of the few stories you can actually find from Cornwall. <gasps> he had dogs as well. I don't know what happened to the dogs. I hope that they're in new homes now. I know. With people that aren't psycho killers. Someone said, it's all a bit frightening and was a shock for the whole town. It gives Marizion a bad name. <laughs> oh dear. He also like took money out of her bank account and stuff. Out of her bank account? After she was dead, yeah. So I think that's why there was almost like a trail of her still being alive, but obviously no one really knew. And like no one checks up on her. No. Oh my God. I know. Like he completely walked all over her, like living and dead and it's so sad well that's a bummer I know so we've done it that's the first episode recorded completed I don't really know like parting oh well send us your your like true crime stories we're gonna call it crime time oh I've decided this just now yeah I love that. you're welcome <laughs> so we're gonna call it crime time and we'll do like we'll read like a story out at the start or at the end. We've not figured that bit out yet. We're just yeah, we're only on the first episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be really interesting. Exactly. A lot of people I know have already messaged me like, "Oh my god, this happened near me." So send them in if you want to. If just email us at murdignity at gmail dot com. <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Follow us at murdignity and Twitter at murdignity. They're all the same. You get it. Yeah. Thanks, guys, if you made yeah. it this long. Yeah, you might not have. Yeah, to be fair. I knew my mum will still be here. Hi, mum. <laughs> but yeah, all right, well. Hopefully this works. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, so do I. Hopefully see you next... Well, not see you, hear you, listen to you... <laughs> Speak to you. <laughs> Speak to you next week. <laughs> see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>